You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 175, covering Defiant and Fascination with Mark Bosco. Hi, friends. Hey, folks. It's us. Bob's here as well. Hi, Bob. Hello, friends. We are recording, I was going to say recording live. We always record live, (laughs) obviously. In front of a live studio audience. Yes. Well, uh, but you're here for me and I'm here for you, so yes. But we're recording from my brand new home studio at my new home, so so that's uh, kind of exciting, I suppose. And I'm recording from my basement apartment. It's all shit. You're not in an apartment. No, my basement room. Right. Your basement. Yes, I'm recording from my base, from my converted garage. Right, like so much Fonzie. <laughs> yep. No, at least he lived above the garage. Well, that's true. I well, live in the garage. Well, times have been tough since the the nineteen the pseudo nineteen fifties of the nineteen seventies. Well, I right? usually record in a converted garage, but do you? Today I get to be inside the house. Yeah, well, wow. sort of. It it feels like we're outside, but. Uh, that's Moving because our, our, we don't have, uh, like, coal and the guy to shovel the coal for the heating that, that for this house. Blue so. coal? Yes, blue coal, friends. Friends, is your house cold as balls? <laughs> no, but my balls are as cold as house. <laughs> that didn't really work. So this, this week was uh, old friends from Next Gen Week. Yep. Oddly enough, it, we didn't really plan it that way, but... Uh, that that's what these two episodes have in common, and that is all. The only thing. <laughs> They're very very different otherwise. And Bob, while you while you insist you didn't pick this episode because of any content reasons, I you, swear you picked it just for scheduling reasons. You say yes. Mm-hmm. It is a big coincidence that uh, it features an old friend that you've expressed a fondness for. Oh yes, Mister Leg Up on things. Yes. Well, Good old leg up, le- more like leg up junior. But I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to spoil your uh, reveal here. So, uh, why, why don't you tell us about the episode called Defiant? I will. <laughs> so continental. <laughs> so Kira is all bitchy McBitcherton. So Bashir orders her to take the night off and have a good time. Thankfully, William Billiam Wallace T. Nails Riker comes to town to provide just that. Kara gives him the grand tour of the station, including the shiny new Defiant, which she helpfully unlocks right before Nails shoots her. What the hell? Who are these dudes transporting onto the ship? I smell mullets. <laughs> Bill rips off his sideburns to reveal none other than W. Thomas Riker, <gasps> accidental transporter clone of Nails and goatee enthusiast, who plans to take the Defiant deep into Cardassian space to destroy a massive covert weapons facility that may or may not actually exist. Good cop, bad cop, Cisco and Ducat slide across the hood of their Gran Torino and are in hot <laughs> pursuit of the perp. When it turns in, when it turns out Rydalon Coronis of the Obsidian Order just might be the mastermind behind <laughs> just might be the mastermind behind the whole thing. Turns out old Tom really isn't that badass and gives up when he's just within sight of starting a, a Cardassian civil war. Cisco gets his sweet ride back, <laughs> and they toss Tom in a hard labor camp where he'll be no triple at all. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> of course he won't be any triple at all. We'll come back for you, Tom, I swear. <laughs> she says that. I, yep. we'll, we'll get you out of there, I promise. Yep. What, did you have to say that? Might, might nope. be after you're dead, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back for your corpse. 
your brother how do, how do they what is the relationship between him and will like well how do I they think it, i think by the end of that episode it was brothers who don't want anything to do with one another okay so his brother will claim the, the remains or maybe yeah. maybe his disappointed father yep <laughs> now i have two sons to be disappointed in the M- the embojitsu master <laughs> remember embojitsu nope <laughs> That's okay. We're here to remember that. Stuff. I actively sort of worked to not on, remember uh, Ambujitsu. What American Gladiators? Right? Yeah, it was very American Gladiators. <laughs> yes. Matt, the uh, head injury you sustained during Ambujitsu made you forget Ambujitsu. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> you used to be a huge enthusiast of the game. Was that the one with the giant Q-tips, or the one where you shoot a Nerf gun at each other? Q-tips, I think. Ah. I don't remember. Like, I just remember the outfits. I don't remember what they were doing. They... Those are the two sports I remember from American Gladiators. Ah. Yep. I, I never actually watched American Gladiators. I watched very little American Gladiators, but I did watch some, so. Was that the special edition? The very little American Gladiators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was the special American Gladiators. Yeah, it was uh, Vern Troyer versus Kenny Baker. Yeah. <laughs> Vern Troyer got his ass kicked. It was devastating. Vern Troyer is a little person to little people. That guy yep. is tiny. He was on a Who's Line I saw recently as oh, like no. the celebrity guest and I just like, he's so tiny. Why are we talking about Vern Troyer? I don't imagine he's a very good improver. He, they, they've been doing the thing on the new Who's Line where like the celebrity guest is like the, the like the prop. Uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever, you know. Oh, like, did they finally figure out how to get people who can't uh, improvise to yeah. work on that show? Yeah. It's too bad they, they had to wait until after Drew Carey left to figure that out. <laughs> Anyway, why don't we talk about this great episode of Star Trek instead of other things? Yes. Bob, did you have a good thing? I did. Um, there's There are several great moments between uh, Cisco and... Uh, I was going to say Garrick, and that's not right. It's Galdukat. Galdukat. <laughs> and, uh, but, but one especially near the end where they're kind of negotiating whether they're going to blow up the ship or just capture it and maybe they can get will i mean thomas or you know, <laughs> bob's doing this great little dance where he, maybe they could do this he'll lean to one side or do this he leans to the other side like, just for, for those of you listening and you know if kira gets out and they get the sensor logs and it's like they're trading baseball cards no you've got to give me at least two cy youngs and a car yastrzemski if you want my willie mays those are all the baseball people I know. Okay. All I've got is this Buck Bukai. <laughs> <laughs> and I've met that guy. He's, he's not, <laughs> not that fun. No, you're, you're right. There were a lot of great, like, it felt like real negotiating and not like sort of typical TV negotiating where no. you knew, you kind of knew where the conclusion was going to end up. Like, you really didn't know. Like, well, is Dukat going to let him live? Yeah. Because yeah. the yeah, nice thing is they could have killed off Tom Riker. They, oh, yeah, know. totally. It's not like they don't have a spare. Yeah, it, they, <laughs> they, there is no reason in the story for them to keep him alive other than that means that Cisco actually successfully negotiated. Like, Yeah. But they could have killed him. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I like the whole thing where it's like, okay, okay, you can have him. Just, you know, don't I, kill him. Yeah, I need my shit. Look, I know when you put him on trial that the... the, the uh, the, the verdict is already a conclusion, so can we decide the verdict now first? <laughs> Let me help Maybe. decide the verdict. Yeah. Can I be... How does this work? The jury comes before the course? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, oh, all right, let me go call the Justice Department. Yep. <laughs> now, there's some great... And and um, 
and my thing sort of ties into the to the overall thing, which is mm. the conflict between the Obsidian Order and the Central Command has been brewing for a while now. This this yeah. whole mm. things on Cardassia, like they try to present themselves as this ideal society. Everything works here, and everything's great. And what's your problem? We we got the perfect order. You know, everyone wants to serve the government, but you realize that there there's some serious internal political strife happening yeah, there. Yeah, we maybe yeah. shouldn't have let the Obsidian Order do whatever the fuck they want for the last 500 years. Well, no, years. no, because you, you have the Obsidian Order doing that, and then yeah. you have the military running sort of unchecked as well, just doing whatever they want. Well, that's the thing. Basically, Ducat says at one point that they basically, they're supposed to be monitoring each other, but they basically leave each other alone. Well, no, what they said was they're both supposed to be monitored by a government uh, department. Yeah. And But, yeah, mostly they're they're left alone. The Central Committee. Which, yeah. Yeah. Um, Worrying? No, the Central Command is what they call the military. Oh. It's something higher than some kind of council, like some kind of government, like Congress watches over the military and over the Uh, CIA. An oversight committee. Yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, in practice, they do whatever they want. Um, But we've been, we've dealt with this a few times. We had uh, Quark's Cardassian girlfriend who was in the resistance, and we had uh, uh, Kira's uh, fake Cardassian father. Like, this has been going on for a while, and it's very mm-hmm. cool, and I know, sort have, of bring- having seen ahead, that things are going to pay off yeah. with a lot of this, and it's it's just, it's a nice conflict. It's a Yeah, nice, but mm. sort of directly bringing it up by having, like, uh, Ducat in uh, in conflict with the, the fuck's her name? Yes. Bob had it in his summary. Look, quick, look at Bob's Coronis? summary, because I don't remember either. Corax? Cor- cor- yeah, Corax. Condax? Coronas. Cor- Coronas. Coronas? Yes. Gorax. Aurora Borealis? <laughs> at this time of day at this time of year yeah um but, and, and having us side with ducat yeah you know they've like, done they've done a great job of of turning us against him a few weeks ago mm-hmm. was it even a few weeks ago? it was like two weeks ago it might have been like last week yeah God's where sake. he was trying to take the station yep all right and then now he's already like sort of sympathetic and mm-hmm. And this th- is how they keep you guessing with him and then he's got the sob story about his son's birthday yep <laughs> This whole uh, cat's in the cradle and a spoon on his forehead thing. <laughs> Still not quite as clever I, as I'd hoped. I so. promised my son that I'd be home for his 11th birthday. I was going to take him to the amusement center for some amusement. <laughs> Leave it to Cardassians to make even like a place you would go for your birthday to celebrate sound like a cold, sterile government yep. bureaucratic thing. I just picture the big dude on the wall going, you will now have fun. <laughs> Let us go to the pizza factory. <laughs> you are allowed to choose from one of three toppings. All other toppings have not been approved by the state. <laughs> this is, uh, we're, we're going to gull e cheese today. Yeah. No, you can't have pineapple. Are you insane? <laughs> what but- kind of crazy person puts pineapple on a pizza? We're we're evil and we don't even do that. <laughs> but there's there's there is a great conflict directly between Ducat and this Obsidian Order chick. And first of all, she's fantastic. Oh yeah, she's great. Oh yeah, like great casting, great writing. She's got this creepy smile. Yeah, which all the best Cardassians have, like nice mm-hmm. face acting that sort of shines out beyond the the makeup. Well, the thing is, when they've got such extensive makeup, it's great that you can find someone to act under it. Well, that's why they get guys with such intense eyes. Also, yeah. Which really works. You get guys like uh, Ducat and, and Garrick. Right. It's just like they did for the Klingons, right? With yeah. Yeah. old bug eyes. Yeah, so old bug eyes. Good old bug eyes. And that album he recorded, Old Bug Eyes is back. <laughs> <laughs> 
strangers in the night. <laughs> Exchanging glances. <laughs> I think we might be onto something here. I agree. But yeah, I, I just, I really like that conflict. And I like that while it's a big political thing that affects the whole planet, we're seeing it represented in two characters. Like, yep. That we have something invested in. Like it's much more personal that way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a great, like someone who can match wits with Ducat and be, has just as much presence and be just as slimy and creepy and duplicitous as he is. Like it's, it's just, it's fantastic. Oh yeah. And I love all the, the, the scenes where she's like praising Cisco in front of him. Yep. That was an excellent decision, Commander. If only there had been some competence around here. (laughs) Yeah, just deliberately undercutting him at every chance. Gull Ducat, I'm looking at you right now. Literally. Shooting daggers at you with my eyes. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Shooting daggers, literally. Pew. (laughs) They can do that. It doesn't come up much, but they can really do that. Um, I just, I really like that. It's seeing that Ronald D. Moore wrote this episode, really, with the with all the submarine intrigue and the, the two guys who can't see each other trying to stare each other down, and, like, that, that is so completely And an obscure him. Trek reference. What? Mm. Was, what, wait, which? Well, going, I, I always thought going back to Tom. I wouldn't like say a, it's obscure, but it's, it's I mean, he's only a, in one episode. Yeah, that's Like, true. if you show this to someone who's never seen another episode of Star Trek before, he's gonna be like, what? Well, and that brings me to my bad thing, which... Everyone who's seen this episode remembers, oh, right, it's the one where he tears off his sideburns. <laughs> and we're all like, what? Like, <laughs> Tom Riker had a full beard, just like Will Riker. Maybe. I also love that the first thing Tom did when he got off the Enterprise was like, oh, I don't need, I'm not going to have a full beard anymore. That's what Will Riker does. <laughs> I'm going to have a sinister goatee. Maybe uh, somehow his follicles were damaged in the transporter accident. There you go. Yeah, except only later. Oh. Like he was wandering around the Enterprise hitting on Troy and he was fine. Well, his beard fell out afterwards. Maybe he had that Lee Presson beard on then, too. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was meant to be a big dramatic gesture, like at the camera, like, now look who I am. And without the Maquis chick to say, you did it, Tom. Like, we mm. wouldn't know what the fuck that meant. It's like, ah, so it's Riker. Um... Riker's shaved, I guess, but I... wants people to think he didn't. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I can't think of any good justification for pulling off one's own beard. No. And I would have gotten away with that beard if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> Maybe Mr. Mott was, like, trimming it and just completely <laughs> fucked it up. Oh, I'm so sorry, Commander. Luckily, I have just the thing to replace it. Here, these these cheek toupees. <laughs> Here, you can, have, uh, you can have Shatner's sideburns. Oh, God. Uh. But it's, it, it was meant to, like, sort of add a physical element to the big reveal, and it nobody know, knew what that meant. It no. was just sort of a weird gesture. <laughs> that said, the actual reveal, the, uh, you know, Tom, we were oh, all, yeah. like, on oh, the yeah. first time you see this episode, you're like, oh, yeah, Tom yeah. Riker. Oh, shit. No. He was actually, he's my good thing. Okay. I love, first of all, I love him having, having him on the show. I think that yeah. reveal is Awesome. Well, and they, the writers mentioned, uh, this is on Memory Alpha, where they said he would have really fit on this show because he's mm. kind of a dark version of a character we're familiar with. Yeah. Mm. I just, I, I love that, you know, the, the second he shows up, it's like, oh, of course it's Will Riker visiting DS9. This is awesome. Well, and we established in a, in a Next Gen episode before that he went to Quark's. Like, yeah. he's He hangs out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm sure that, like, when it was advertised, it was like, Will Riker comes to, the, comes to Deep Space Nine. Yep. And is a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the actual reveal, stupid as it is, fi- realizing that it's Tom Riker is fucking cool. No, dropping that plot point on you is cool. Yeah. Just yeah. the way they do it is kind of I dumb. just, you know, 
He clearly should have turned, ripped off his red uniform to reveal the yellow one underneath. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then he would have been wearing the right amount of pips, and that wouldn't have bugged me the whole episode. The whole episode. Because he's got three pips, and of course, he's in disguise as Commander Riker, so that's correct. But mm -hmm. it's like, that's not, he's not a you're commander. You're not, you're a lieutenant, <laughs> sir. Plus, at this point, he's probably not even in Starfleet. Mm. Maybe he got a, a, you know, a raise at it, some point. He would have gotten two raises in like a year. <laughs> he was a lieutenant. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> and they put him on the Gandhi, which I, I don't know, but probably isn't the best ship. No. <laughs> Not much adventure. The replicators by, uh, don't work. If it goes by civilization rules, it's armed with like 50 nuclear warheads. Oh, that's true. <laughs> civilization rules are the, the most ironic combination of, of historical figure and uh, circumstance mm -hmm. must occur. <laughs> Gandhi the, too. <laughs> the peace-loving Adolf Hitler would like to talk to you. <laughs> what? Invade Russia? Never. We would never do that. You know why crazy. I made him sound like Yakov Smirnov. Uh, in Soviet Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Winter lasts forever. Oh, that's oh, how it is no. in real Russia. Too. Oh. Uh, Bob, what was your bad thing? Uh, my bad thing is I hate these opening credits. It is... <laughs> <laughs> finally gotten to me i used bah, to bah, think bah, bah. they were orchestral and majestic and they are that but god damn in any episode that has any sort of dramatic buildup, by the end of the tease this languid opening sequence just sucks the wind right out of its sails yep now, let me ask you this because you've been watching you, like you're a little ahead of us right uh -huh. uh, do you just skip the credits now no, I still still watch them. I skip them when I'm not watching four. them with you. It's just yeah. I have to like keep it in sync when we're watching together. That's mm. the only reason I do it. They, yeah. In season four, they re reworked the music, so they added this little triangle ting, 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 ting <laughs> sound in the background, and there's da, like da, da, a few da, more little ping. ships moving around during the opening credits, but it's still, some oh, some man. like the 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 composer's like little cousin or something wanted a job. Here, you can play the you can play the tambourine. Fine, <laughs> whatever. Get some kazoo action in there. Oh, right. <laughs> no, you're you're I mean, right. I've... Neither neither of these really had that sort of like whoa dramatic ending to the tease that you know would have. Well, no, the tease here was being angry at the open, but <laughs> no. Overall, it's a point that needs to be brought up. Yeah, it's something I've been noticing the last few weeks too because it feels like they're so long. Mm -hmm. It's just I, I mentioned this at the beginning, and, and and Matt was like, "No, this is a great theme song because you associate it with a show you love." Yep, but it's not action-packed or dynamic or like it doesn't feel like we're about to go do something cool like with next gen or well yeah in next series. gen you get the da, da, da. yeah or enterprise no. fucking ship it's flying around thankfully matt's singing over you trying to sing the enterprise theme. Sorry. <laughs> no no matt that's good keep singing over it in <laughs> the original been series a long too, time you just it's I don't. I don't even remember uh, Voyager's music, but I remember it being a little better than this actually. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. Who know. who remembers? It goes Voyager, Voyager. Everybody loves Voyager. <laughs> Wait, is it Spider Man? <laughs> Maybe. Can they swing from a web? No, they can't. It's a ship. Look out! Here <laughs> Look comes out. Voyager. Action is their reward. <laughs> no, I I totally agree. I've been uh, I've been making comments about that when i'm like watching and tweeting or whatever just like uh. this is the only show where the credits are longer than the show <laughs> so forth 
I, I don't know how there can be an hour-long credit sequence in a show that's only 47 minutes long. That's <laughs> baffling to me. But yeah, it's... It's uh, it's, it's still not, happening. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? I am just... You know, this is not so much in due to the episode. It's just... Tom Riker never comes back again, which... Nope. Kind of a shame. I like that character a lot. I think he fits in really well on DS9, like we were saying. The episode ends with Kira going, We'll find you, Tom. We won't let you stay on this horrible play in a horrible Cardassian work prison for the rest she of your life. She specifically says, I promise. I will come and find you. Yep. yep. No nope. Way. Maybe it was just six years later after the series has ended. I there must be a, a book. If there is, I've not seen it, but uh, That just seems like low hanging fruit there. That mm. seems like an obvious book. I don't know, like I that not even a book I wouldn't be, you know, like like opposed to reading. Like it could be interesting. I'm not gonna lie, I would be fine with a series of children's novels called Those Riker Boys, where they solve <laughs> mysteries. Uh, I'm sick of people solving mysteries. Just like leave some mysteries stole, unsolved, damn it. Who stole that cow? Did the Riker just, Boys will find out. <laughs> didn't you say there was some book where like he and Ensign Wetherhead escaped from the? Well, there were. Uh, this was around this time when this aired, like ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, somewhere around there, mm. where I actually briefly was reading some fanfic. Like I was just starting to get on AOL. And, uh, it's okay. We were all some... we've, we were we've all been there. Yeah. No, I, I I make no apologies for it. I'm just saying the internet like was just sort sort of starting to take off, and communities were finding each other, and and a lot of it was suddenly available. And I I read two or three stories where Tom Riker was in the same work camp as Cedo Jaxa from uh, Lower Decks. Cedo Jackson does not appear in this episode. No, as far as we know, she's dead. We didn't see a body on screen, so she could still be alive, but she's yeah. probably dead. Huh. But it it. it the first time I read it, it was an interesting, like, yeah, both of those are characters I wouldn't mind following up on, and they might be in the same place. Yeah. Second time was like, huh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and I, I, they probably fell in love because probably, of course, they did. Yep. Know? But the <laughs> 15th fanfic. time, you're like, really, still? Fanfic wasn't quite that. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying there wasn't such a thing. Slash fic for Kirk and Spock exists in the 60s. Been around. But, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. But I, I don't remember reading a lot of that. I think because I was reading on an AOL, and they probably screened it for porn. Uh, right. So I was only reading the sanitized Tum stuff. Tumblr didn't exist yet. Yeah. Well, it existed <laughs> in people's hearts. <laughs> Tumblr and, was waiting to be born. And dicks. <laughs> Mostly there. Mostly there. Mostly. <laughs> but, um... No, I mean, it, it would have been interesting to follow up on, on what happened to him. Especially, like, you know, they made a point of saying... They were going to go back to it. Yeah. But apparently it was on their list of don't pitch us these ideas. We're tired of hearing about. Them. Yeah. So it's like apparently they decided to just completely 180 on uh, old Tommy. Well, and that's that's typical of this show. They love the ambiguous ending or the, the clear sort of downer. Like yeah. things don't always work out for the good guys kind of thing. And that's fine. Yeah. I did really like the relationship between Riker and Kira. I would oh, not yeah. Have, I would not have expected Kira to be the one to, to fall for Riker. I would have expected Dax. Yeah, but it's like you said, as soon as it sort of becomes obvious, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. It didn't feel out of character at all. It no, just, not at all. It's not something I expected, but no, she that's was, what was so into him. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, she's heard the legend of uh, of Bill Riker. And it's it's been a while. I mean, even for Next Gen, it's been a little while since we've seen someone go through the process of falling for him. Yeah. And it was nice. Like, oh, yeah, I miss this guy. He's charming and handsome and cool. Mm -hmm. Want to show well, me around the promenade? Yeah. Hey. Oh, yes. Even though I just told you I've been walking around the promenade for hours, show me around again. Now, well, now, now I'll show you. you what you missed. I'll show you the good stuff. Yeah. 
here's the Bajoran temple, and uh-huh. here's all the other boring crap I like. <laughs> <laughs> here's where I buy my meats on a stick. <laughs> I, you know, I was hoping we could go to Quarks or something. Oh, no, I'd never go there. Oh, God, I hate I that. hate that guy. I hate Ferengi. <laughs> I'm not racist. What? <laughs> It is interesting to me that Starfleet never came up with a way to distinguish the two Rikers from one another well, with voice yeah, prints and hand scans and all that. Because, like, the, the scam is basically, he steals uh, he steals the Defiant by uh, pretending to be Will. So, pretending to be a high-ranking, prominent Starfleet officer who would have that right. Yeah, which is a good plan. The problem is, like, Tom Riker's been around for two years now. Yeah, Starfleet so. should have on the record that there are two guys with identical handprints and voices. Yeah, and they talk about how he's been having some, like, pro-Maquis, uh... Yeah. Mm. Which I assume means, let's be boring and complain. And you gotta imagine that uh, Will is always paying for Tom's overdue library book for <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's always showing up at bars like Quark's, and, like, he's gotta pay a bar tab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, just Ugh. put it on my tab. What? No, that was my transporter duplicate. Oh, yeah, we've heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> just send it to Bill Riker, care of the Enterprise. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, you can prove you're him, right? Do you retina scan. Oh, that's him. Here, let me give you my thumbprint, too. No. I got all his credit cards. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> Who keeps changing my passwords? God. <laughs> the more we talk about this, the more I kind of want to see uh, Tom Riker out of Starfleet <laughs> and just fucking around with, uh, with Bill all over the galaxy. <laughs> well, we're and- just... Enterprise says self-destruct. Command Riker 1A, 2A. <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh, damn oh, it. Man. Son of a bitch. <laughs> also, I like him uh, trying to uh, differentiate himself from uh, Bill. He takes up the clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> he starts hanging out with Luxana Troy. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> like Finally. He can't. He can't really be too different. No. He can't completely deviate. He's gotta. He's gotta stick to similar, you know, themes. Well, he knows what he likes. Yeah, exactly. Troy women. Yeah, and putting his leg up. Yep. Although he doesn't do that that much in this episode, as, as oh, Bob pointed out. I was very disappointed by that. Not putting his leg up on things. Also, I I was really hoping for uh, sitting down in the chair backwards, but didn't yeah, he never either. never had the opportunity. Well, unfortunately, the Cardassians uh, don't have chairs you can spin around, so. Uh... <laughs> No, there he was aren't on the, any on DS9. He they was all, on the Defiant the whole time. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? What else indeed? That's... I mean, it was a really good episode. Yeah. I was trying to figure out when, when he gets on the Defiant and O'Brien's in there tinkering with something. He's like, I've got nothing to say to you, O'Brien. I think you know why. And I'm trying to figure out what must have been going through O'Brien's head. It's like, what did I what? do? <laughs> Poor guy, he's just used to people being mad at him. Did I date Riker's sister? I've, I haven't even seen him for two years. See, I like I like him doing that because basically O'Brien's the only guy on the uh, station who could probably sort of peg him. Mm. Well, yeah, he's the only one who's had, you know, who served you know, him. Who knows him, right? Yeah. But So, like... He, he does it as, like, this, this cover for, like, I don't want to talk to you and I think you know why. Get away from me. But it doesn't really work because O'Brien's just like, I don't know what I did. Yeah, but Al pointed out, like, that the thing with Thomas happened after O'Brien left the Enterprise. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't even know yeah. that there's a duplicate. I, I feel like probably he would have heard about that. Mm. Like, I don't I, know. I'm all sure... the weird shit that happens on the Enterprise, you think he hears about all of it? I, I, I feel like, you know, him and Data were, were sort of friends. I'm sure Data... Well, he's, he's probably got other friends we never even saw. There were oh, a yeah. lot more enlisted guys on the yeah. ship. But I get the feeling Data's like the guy who keeps up correspondence with him. <laughs> <laughs> dear dear Bruce Maddox wait no that's not you hang on hang on delete dear spot wait 
<laughs> Dear Chief. Dear Spot Seven. Actually, he's probably. <laughs> actually, he probably uh, talks to Keiko, and Keiko tells O'Brien. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, Dear Keiko, how are you? I am fine. <laughs> oh, excuse me, it's uh, data. I am well. Yeah, I am functioning within normal parameters. <laughs> how are your plants? Have you spoken to them recently? <laughs> I do you know, studies this. have shown that if you speak to your plants. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that would have made O'Brien more suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, I didn't do anything. Why is he mad? Mm. But I, I don't know. Then well, I mean, O'Brien it worked. Just sort you of got him off the ship. So. Yeah, you would have thought, I would have thought that this would have been a more O'Brien-heavy episode just because it was the two of them, you know? Yeah. Well, I would, and, uh, and The first thing we, I would do when writing this is put the two Enterprise guys together. Well, and if this had happened next season, obviously we got, you know, another major cast member that would be hanging yeah. around. So I don't know. I I feel like the point was to get him on the Defiant and get him out there and, and set up this submarine chase thing, mm-hmm. which, again, Ron Moore does really well. And it's a great, like, two enemies that never see each other face to face. They're just kind of guessing each other's next move. And there's yep. a bunch of lines between Cisco and uh, Ducat that almost exactly parallels a conversation that was in Hunt for Red October. Really? Really? You know, two uh, groups of people are going to be in close proximity and somebody's going to mistake and it's going to start a war. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So does that make uh, Riker uh, Sean Connery? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Going to put my leg up. (laughs) Shit in the chair backwards. Does that make uh, shit in the chair backwards? <laughs> shit in the chair backwards. You know how it works. Name the dog Indiana. You sound more like Colonel Gentleman than. Uh... That's fine. <laughs> Toys Colonel Gentleman wishes he had as a lot, but they but weren't. They hadn't invented been invented yet. <laughs> of course, I fucked him. It was beautiful. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, the Venture Brothers podcast will come after this, the Star Trek and the the Batman podcast yep. in like twenty eighty. So look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> they they might be on season six by then. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I had. What about you guys? I think that's everything I wanted to touch on for uh, this one. It's a good episode. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's one of the rare titles that actually has like more than one meaning. Yep. See, because it's about the Defiant, but also Tom is Defiant. Right. Ah. Yeah. I just, because all the titles have been so terrible to this point, I wouldn't usually point something dumb like that out, except mm. this one actually made sense on a couple of levels. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. It's actually the first real look we've gotten at the Defiant. Like, we've used it to go places a few times, but to slow down and talk about what it can do and yeah, see Yeah, we really haven't spent and... much time sort yeah. of checking it out. And that was, that was nice. And it mm-hmm. also happened during some action, so it didn't feel like a big info dump. It felt yeah. natural. Yeah. Well, and also you got Kira explaining to someone who's never been on it before, so you can right. do the info dump without it being, like, obvious. Well, that and then Cisco telling the Cardassians what it can do also. And then the Cardassians going, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is, uh, I'll, I'll point this up again. I'll point this up. I'll point this out again. Point in a this few up. Weeks. Uh, or up. You give um, me the long one. <laughs> <laughs> there, the secret Obsidian Order fleet plot point will pay off. Mm-hmm. in, I don't know, five or six episodes, something like that. Mm. When we get to it, I'll, I'll point it out. But uh, there's there's some seeds being planted here for a bigger story, which is also very cool. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. Uh, Matt, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Bob, anything else? I got a quote. Ah, well, let's hear that quote. Well, uh, Kira and, and uh, Tom are talking, and, and she says basically, 
you're not very good at this, are you? This uh, whole uh, being a terrorist thing. And then he says this. I guess we're different kinds of terrorists. No. You're trying to be a hero. Terrorists don't get to be heroes. I don't know why I looked up. Like, <laughs> the quote's going to come from the speaker in the, the ceiling, I guess. I don't Are you know. flashing back to that li- that first live show we did? Yes. <laughs> well, then Bob will be running the board, and I'd be looking to him to push the button. Oh, no. Bob, push the button. <laughs> push the button, Frank. No, no, you'll turn off the episode. <laughs> oh, no. No, that was... The, 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 uh, the conflict between them was great, because you could tell, on the one hand... She was kind of into him and felt a little betrayed. And on the other hand, she really believed that he wasn't very good. But on mm-hmm. the third hand, she's like, come on, what are you what are you doing? Come on, man, just, just stop. We both know you're not a terrorist. Yeah, you're better than that. As much as I bitch about you Starfleet guys, you are better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. All right, time to press forward to the one that, where we all got bored and found other things to do while it was on. Yep. <laughs> A lot of tumbling got done while this one was going on. I was, uh, well, I, I'm still moving into this new place, so I was uh, moving stuff around the living room, setting things up. Yeah, Al and I were uh, mounting his uh, surround sound speakers. Yeah, getting the getting the sound system set up so that next time he comes over to watch, we'll, we'll be able to hear it in the full uh, in its full glory. So yes. That, it'll be all right. Get your feng shui on. Yes. That's the thing you're into right now. Uh, you're yes. always talking about how much you like to feng shui. The only thing I like more than feng shui is... Um, uh, alternative medicine. What is that? The, where you put one drop of something in a bunch of water? Oh, homeopathy. Oh, uh, homeopathy. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? What's the word? What's the word for that? Uh, bullshit. Homeopathy. Yeah. Right. That's the one. <laughs> An old high school friend of ours does that. Oh. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. She's certified in uh, in in bullshit somehow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess I'm in the wrong racket. I guess. All right. So the episode is called Fascination. Which is a bit of an ironic title, really, because none of us were all that fascinated. Not really, no. A new day is dawning on Deep Space Nine, specifically the Bajoran holiday of gratitude or something, which sounds terrible and involves a festival with lots of candles and Cirque du Soleil performers. So naturally, since it looks like something I wouldn't come within 12 parsecs of... Wait, do parsecs measure distance or time? Everyone wants to go to this stupid thing. Jake is moping around because his way out of his league girlfriend finally came to her senses and broke up with him, so he's looking to do some highly public brooding. <laughs> O'Brien is excited about Keiko coming back from Bajor for some reason, so they're looking forward to airing their dirty laundry to the entire promenade. Not their literal dirty laundry. I mean, they're going to argue loudly. And Kira... Wait, what's Kira doing with her mouth? The corners of it are turned upward. Is she happy? Are we in the mirror universe again? I guess it's. I guess she's really just into this Bajoran stuff. Also in attendance is Luxana Troy, who's officially here as the Betazoid representative at the festival, but really just wants an excuse to sop up some Odo like bread to so much leftover gravy. Wow! <laughs> I'll just let you sit with that one for a minute. <laughs> I'll save you the dumb reveal from Act 5 right now. Mrs. Troy has some kind of space herpes or space shingles or space feline leukemia. <laughs> You know, one of those diseases that all the telepaths in Star Trek are all the time getting, which make everyone around them start acting stupid. In this case, everyone's in love with the most highly inappropriate person for them to be in love with. Jake puts the moves on Kira. Creepy Vedic Boreal starts being creepy in Dax's direction, and the O'Briens... Well, here's something that's not all that surprising. While everyone else is being rendered super horny by Loxana's magic mind mojo, Keiko has actually been rendered even more bitchy, if you can believe that. Although, in fairness, Miles is a little testy now, too. He actually lashes out at Keiko, telling her that she should just go back to Bajor. Chief, let's not say things we can't take back. 
Eventually, and by eventually I mean long after we're all made to feel seriously uncomfortable by all this, Bashir breaks away from making out with Kira long enough to discover what's going on and cure it. Then Keiko, Keiko does return to Bajor, leaving Miles and Julian to explore their latent subconscious attraction for one another. Or as Julian himself puts it, best not to think about it too much. <laughs> Whenever an episode has a character saying best not to think about it too much, that's pretty much the writer's hanging a lantern on the fact that it doesn't make any sense and just shut up. It's just a hand wave. It's like uh, they're writing us a letter. Yeah. Dear something called a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It's only 1994 right now, but trust us. Don't worry about it. You should really just relax. It's just a show. It's... Okay, I didn't love this episode, but it had some good moments in it, mm. I thought. Like, the characters were all doing fun stuff and inter interesting weird stuff. It's just not stuff I wanted them to do. That was the thing. It's like the concept it's, was so stupid, but yeah. the characters managed to pull it off. Yeah, and, and there was a lot of great acting. There was a lot of great directing. Like, uh, Avery Brooks directed this, and he made some really interesting choices, I thought. And th th there was a lot to like about it, mm. but it was a farce, and I don't yeah. like farce. No. Oh. It's just, just every every couple of minutes, I would sort of look up and go, God, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that disappointed? Oh, Bob, do you like farce? <laughs> no. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I like a little bit of it, but mm. it just it was, took up entirely too much of the episode it's like they're almost there wasn't any sort of b story i to distract us from the fact that this was just like pure farce the on, on the one hand i agree on the other i'm glad there wasn't some manufactured deadly danger on top yes yeah. no I don't it's nice to just do a character story and not you know sure but it could be a different yeah. character story as the b story and not i agree danger the, but. the the thing is that although there's not a b story we do follow a bunch of different characters all doing different things yeah. right because they all have to like have the big final act in cisco's quarters where they're all in the same place yeah right like i don't know like making it's a out mad, with each mad, other mad, mad world kind of a <laughs> yeah exactly like everybody has to get to the big w made out of uh pineapple trees yeah <laughs> what is this called palm trees people are running right. in, in and out of doors uh-huh yeah. dropping pies <laughs> sacre bleu being an episode of fraser yep or um faulty towers there you go i Which... wrote smoochy 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 a lot in my notes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was definitely a lot of that. Zooby, zooby, zoo. Especially after Akira and uh, Bashir hooked up. Well, those two hooked up in real life, and I don't know whether or not they had already hooked up at the time of this episode or not, mm. but they did the fakest stage kisses of all. Uh, it's so, like, we can't actually make out or else we'll just have sex on camera. That, or maybe they were trying to hide the fact that they were seeing each other. Yeah. By being as passionless as possible. Oh, Siddig. Oh, na na. <laughs> I can't think of anything less sexy than calling the person you're having sex with Nana. <laughs> yeah, that's my wow. grandmother's name. <laughs> yeah. What a weird coincidence. That's a lot of people's grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's my banana's name. <laughs> it, But it was like, I see what they were trying to do, mm -hmm. and I think they were successful at it. I just don't like that kind of episode. But yeah. I, I think it was well made. Like, it was, it was written exactly the way it should have been. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like everyone was out of character on purpose or, you know, like it, it all, it all worked. I just didn't like it. No. Yeah. But they seemed uh, to do whatever they were trying to do. There's yep. a great quote from uh, Avery Brooks on Memory Alpha. <laughs> oh. What's especially great about that is 
first of all, the quote doesn't make much sense. And no. second of all, Memory Alpha calls him out for, like, Director Avery Brooks had this interesting <laughs> input. <laughs> what was the quote? Oh, God. Hang I, on I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was, it was basically like... Uh, this episode was over the... People complain about this being over the top. Well, when you get a Guinness and the foam goes over the there top, you, go. you like that. So, so why wouldn't people like this? Why wouldn't you like it when a story goes over the top? Avery, that doesn't make any sense. It's not important. <laughs> and that, again, the people writing Memory Alpha tend to be fairly objective or at least not yeah. super editorializing. But they, mm. <laughs> they said, Avery Brooks said this crazy fucking thing. We don't know. <laughs> But that's okay because it's Avery Brooks and that's yeah. what he's like. Yeah, we all oh. like him. It's okay. Yeah. Peldor Joy. Yes, Peldor Joy. Peldor so. Joy. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, what was your good thing? Uh, my good thing was Dax. Yeah. Uh, Dax's dress. Cisco and Dax's dance-like blocking in that one scene. Dax's finger waggle. Oh yeah, Cisco's that was great. Shoulder. Dax fighting over herself with Beryl. <laughs> She's the only bearable and indeed delightful thing about this entire episode. I thought a few of the actors were actually good, like with all the weird physical stuff they had going. But you're right, the the two of them, mm. like Cisco and Dax, had yeah. had a lot of really great stuff. Oh, definitely. There was just there was something. There was a twinkle in Dax's eye that wasn't in right. anybody else's. <laughs> it seems like the kind of thing Terry Farrell enjoyed doing. Yeah, I I of all the various like inappropriate relationships like Jake hitting on Kira was a little awkward or whatever mm. and Luxana non-stop hitting on Odo which is normal like not even right. unusual no <laughs> like but th the one that really made me seriously uncomfortable was was Dax and Cisco. like that's <laughs> that should not cross that line no that it's gross those two are like good friends and it's that's that's to the show's credit they did a really good job of establishing this relationship to the point where I can't think of them that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. Especially when she's being all clinging on him and, and he calls her old man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know that was deliberate. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know he's trying to do that to remind her, this is gross for me. Yeah. You get some great expressions from Cisco, by the way, when that's oh, yeah. going on. Well, that's... Ah, ah, when he tries to do the fake laugh. Oh, old man, this is a, some sort of hilarious joke. <laughs> uh, applause, applause, let go. Well, we, we talk a lot about how weird Avery Brooks is and how he gives great little nuances <laughs> and great little quirks to Cisco. And I think that really comes out in comedy episodes. Like, even if they're not great episodes, he's just... He's got this great sense of timing and this yeah. great sort of theatrical oh, yeah, way of moving around. And there's a bit where Beryl hits him and he just sort of shrugs it off and looks at him and dodges and weaves and punches him back. And it's 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 delightful. Like if that's, I could have a visual quote, that would be it. That's the that was my like that was my it wasn't my good thing, but it was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Beryl fucking just slugs him right in the face. Brawl's a not, big guy. Like it, it, that should hurt. Yeah, it's not even that he doesn't shrug. That he he just shrugs it off. He literally doesn't react to it. No, he he kind of <laughs> blinks. Like he registers that it what? happened, but it was like, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he's got that great. Uh, yeah. But then he does the weird little head bob, like you know, like he doesn't let him hit him again, and it's I don't know, it's fun. Yep. You get one because I like you. <laughs> you get one because you're a Bajoran leader, and I can't deal with all the paperwork that this would create. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Dex pinches Cisco's butt. I forgot. I don't remember that. But <laughs> I'm glad I don't remember that. <laughs> Just, it it was very much like like a, a sister hitting on a brother or something. You yeah. Know? It was just like, Ugh. Yeah. Good time. Which normally you're into, but normally uh, I normally that's really <laughs> sexy, but here it just it didn't do it for me. I mean, you know, Game of Thrones, that's a different story. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
Uh, what was your bad thing, Bob? Um, what was my bad thing? Um, oh, yes. There's fire on a space station. <laughs> Lots of fire. Uh-huh. How does the air renewal system run with being clogged with ash from all these burning scrolls? When, you know, are they going to... Okay, so let's talk... Like, I glossed over the Gratitude Festival. Let's talk about that. The the, the tradition is what? You write your problems? Is that it? Yep. Yeah. On on these little scrolls and you roll you them You put all and... your problems in an old felt hat and throw it away. Yeah. And then your problems go away because symbolism equals reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. You burn it in a fire fueled with blue coal. That's <laughs> why the fire is blue. Well, there are, like, furnaces down in, in the bowels of DS9. We've yeah, seen we've them. seen O'Brien down in there shoveling coal. Yep. <laughs> well, he's Irish, so of Well, course. yes. Yeah. I know it's, like, a total dumb nerd. No, 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 no. You're right. Thing, I, but, like, fire no, well, on a spaceship. I had the I, same reaction, yeah. and I had the same reaction back on the Enterprise when Worf would burn his ritual candles. Like, <laughs> no. But at least with Worf, I always figured that Picard told him not to, and he just did it anyway. Yeah, but this is a, a station-sanctioned... Yeah. Like, sanctioned by Starfleet and the Bajoran yeah. government. Everybody's cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure by the 24th century, they've solved the high oxygen atmosphere <laughs> problem on spaceships. I assume but... so. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they're not real fires. Maybe they're, like, holograms of fires or something. Uh, that could be. No, but they, then how would it burn the paper? The, well, I mean, if it's a hologram paper. The holodeck. Maybe that's why Quark was selling those special like pens. They were holograph pens. Maybe. <laughs> but where did the lighter fluid come from? God damn it. <laughs> There's a there's a way out of this if we really wanted to think about it. I just don't care. Sure. I'd, I'd rather just call them out for their for their crap. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right. I and again, it's something because they kept coming back to the fires. Right. If it had just been a thing they passed by, I probably wouldn't have thought about it. What is with those fires still there? Yep. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> I'm yelling fire on a pr- crowded promenade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Odo's gonna be pissed. <laughs> Or he would be if he could get away from Mrs. Troy for five minutes. <laughs> Odo would like would like to put out the fire, but there's a plant in his bucket, so he can't <laughs> fill it with water. <laughs> could he just put it out with himself? I don't know. Can Odo turn into water? <laughs> Wonder Twin Powers, activate! <laughs> it's like we know he can turn into a cup, but could he fill the cup? Form of a lap. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, just that one useless puddle. <laughs> that one useless wonder twin that could only turn into water based things. Yep. And then the, the girl got to turn into animals. Like somebody really got the short end of that stick. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll be ice or um But then he would be like an ice bulldozer. Oh come on. Really? What? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what, I'm okay with you turning into the ice bulldozer. I'm not okay with the ice bull- bulldozer moving. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, like the T-1000, right? Yeah, exactly. Can't have no moving, moving parts. parts. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt, good thing. Uh, as always, I really liked uh, uh, Odo and uh, Mrs. Troy's chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't see nearly as much of her this episode. She was more sort of a prop than anything else. Yep. But she's just... The two of them together are just... They just play off each other so well. I love Odo's got this sort of begrudging friendship with her. Where he clearly enjoys spending time with her, but he has to spend that time in all, oh, so now we're doing this. It's similar to the vibe between her and Picard, but different enough that it doesn't feel like they're doing the same thing again. Exactly. But they paired her up with the most dignified, most reserved guy. <laughs> I mean, it's she's clearly got a type, we've talked about this before on other episodes with her, she's clearly got this type where she finds the person that she can 
embarrass and then just spends the entire episode having fun with him. But I don't think that's her entire motive either. Like, I think she's genuinely attracted to him. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that she can't read him is probably part of it too. There's, mm-hmm. there's like, she's what, 60 probably? Yeah, probably. She's, she's lived a fairly long and eventful life where everyone is an open book to her and mm-hmm. meeting the rare person that she can't see into must be amazing yeah, at her age. Yeah, tantalizing about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well, this, this guy just doesn't have the same... 10 fantasies and wishes that every other guy does like he's i don't know what he's got going what on. are That's those great. 10 fantasies and wishes uh All right, hang on i got a well. list here somewhere <laughs> name three 10 wishes yeah. so name 30 <laughs> fortunately 15 of them involve dax and counselor troy in various combinations mm. um and and Luxana doesn't want to hear about her daughter that way so oh, you know but really, probably not yeah then again you know those I mean, beta zeds. No, beta zeds is a pretty pretty open culture, but I think they might uh, they might draw the line there. I feel like you know after your daughter's naked wedding, it's uh. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But uh, no, they they do have great chemistry, and again, it's it's similar to the Picard thing, but different enough. Mm-hmm. But it's the same, like oh, leave me alone. Oh, but I still kind of like you. But leave me alone. Yeah. Which it's like I. I feel like Odo, like, halfway through the episode, is like, God, I wish I knew how to go to the bathroom. Five minutes, that's all I need. Yeah, he's got no excuse to get nope. away, does he? Uh, I gotta go check on security. I'll come with you. Of course you will. <laughs> I think, I, I usually this is the kind of thing Memory Alpha would point out. I think this is the final canonical appearance of Luxana Troy. It's, Actually, it, of, no, it, it's, uh, it's not. Uh, Majel Barrett. Like, it's not. On screen, isn't it? No, no, she comes back. In she's got DS9? At le- yeah, she's got at least one more DS9 episode. Really? Huh. Yep. Are you yeah, sure? I am. I, I am absolutely sure. Okay. Because I don't remember that, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what was your bad thing? Um, this episode has. I have not felt this awkward watching an episode of a TV show since <laughs> I stopped watching The British Office. <laughs> um, it just keeps getting worse. Jake trying to ask Kira out. Yep. Is. <laughs> horrible <laughs> writhing around in my chair desperate to not watch this horrible train wreck happening and then and watching his dad try to talk him out of it but yep. not hurt his feelings like that that was an interesting bit of you know and then creepy there. and then creepy Barile hitting on Dax which is yeah. even worse I was finally starting to think maybe Barile's not as creepy as we thought and then th- this this episode wasn't doing him any <laughs> well, favors. The la- we talked about this the last time he was on when like in the uh in the uh what was it the Kai Win uh, yeah. election episode, mm-hmm. right? And I was starting to come around on the character, but god, he's just the worst in this one. Well, he's got that like when he looks at you, he just locks his eyes yeah. on you and he just stares at you. I'm doing and it to Bob now the... just so he can and he's not blinking. That... And then blink and, blink. and then he's doing Stop this. It. Hello, Narice. <laughs> Plus the fact that Narice sounds like Clarice, doesn't it? Yeah. Hello, Narice. <laughs> Hello, Narice. Toughens your nipples, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, except oh his sounds like this now. <laughs> oh hello, Narice. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was incredibly squirm worthy. And then like what you said with Dax and Cisco, it's just it's all Ah stop it. Yeah. You're all horrible. And okay, Keiko jokes aside, just just for a moment, because I can't put them aside for long. <laughs> but really, like the O'Briens fighting felt more like real married couple fighting and yeah. less like oh, yeah. like like to the point where it's like if this was happening in a restaurant, you would just be looking down at your food and pretending like, okay, it wasn't. Yeah, you happening. know what? We need to leave. <laughs> yeah, or that, yeah. 
I'm just going to be very intent on sawing this one piece of meat. Yep. <laughs> yep, for the next half hour. But if you like Bay Jar so much, why don't you just go back and stay there? <laughs> but like I said... See, in my, I care. Like I said in my summary, that's the worst he can say. Like, he's super angry and he's super hostile, and the mm. worst he can say is, why don't you just do what you want to do then? <laughs> that's it. That's that's the meanest... Well, maybe I will! Okay, fine. Oh, good! It All is right. good! <laughs> Uh, my good thing, well, we already talked about this. Cisco's reaction to being punched by Beryl. Fucking wonderful. <laughs> it's just perfect Cisco. Um, my, my bad thing is yet another sick telepath makes everyone act wacky episode. Uh, right? We did at least two of those on Next Gen and probably more if I really thought about it. Mm. And I, I don't know. It feels like we probably did it on the original series as well. Like it just, it's, it's been done. It's like from the second we find out that Jake's into into Kira, it's like, okay, I know exactly what's happening now. Well, and we see Luxana get on the turbo lift and like, touch her head like she's got a headache and people on TV don't get headaches unless something's wrong. Except for right. O'Brien, who did get a headache well, for that's no reason. Was there. Yeah. You see everybody else touching their heads, too. Yeah, yep. exactly. So you know. But at least it wasn't, like, uh, we uh, when I was watching this the first time with Amanda, it, it's not the terrible Jake episode we thought it was. No. But that hasn't plus. that hasn't happened yet, so I won't uh, <laughs> I won't spoil that. But. Terrible Jake episode. Yep. Terrible Jake. Terrible Jake. Does the things that doesn't make. <laughs> Can he swing from a thread? No, we no, can't, can't, cause he's Jake. Look out! <laughs> Can he write a book? No, he can't. He's a writer. <laughs> Can he write a book? Listen, bud. <laughs> Did we fuck this all up? <laughs> Act of blood. <laughs> Um, what else? Anything? That's that's pretty much all for me. We've got uh, an appearance by Molly's adorable Targotoy, which I kind of want to own now. Oh, yeah, named Piggy. Yep. She's super cute. Yep. Piggy the Targ. Piggy the Targ. I want one. Well, I, there's there could be one on Etsy. Well, let's go. <laughs> or if not, uh, I know I know at least a few of our listeners are into crafting things, so um, make that happen. You got one customer. At yep. Least. Yay. Two, that, two that's customers. Bomb. That's Bob and Matt. I, I can't afford it. I just moved. I'm very yeah. broke. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out how difficult it is to uh, for me to spell the, wor- the, the word Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Let's not go into what it's difficult for you to spell. <laughs> this was a tough one. <laughs> you, you, I don't think you can spell any of the characters on this show's names correctly. That's why they all got nicknames back on TNG. <laughs> <laughs> you still can't spell O'Brien. <laughs> It's been three years. You think I would have? You think I would have picked one by now? It's nope. been yeah. It's been three years of our show. It's uh-huh. been like ten seasons of TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, what are you gonna do? And certainly not learn how to spell it. I'll tell you that much right now. Nah. I just you, you read so many of the books. You uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, oh my my one uh, nitpick like Bob, if yours is the fire. Mm-hmm. Mine is Quark ends up being affected by the telepathy, and we've established, deliberately established, oh, yeah. as a plot point, that uh, Betazoid telepathy doesn't work on Ferengi because yeah. they have special brains. So, like, come on. But I, but again, I don't care. I was pleased that he ended up uh, hitting on uh, uh, Keiko instead of, you know, a yeah. chair or a plant or Piggy the Targ. <laughs> I don't know. Quark hitting on Piggy the Targ might have been okay. <laughs> Miss Piggy the Targ. Miss Piggy the Targ. <laughs> Hiya! She's just sort of a Klingonized version of Miss Piggy. She's yeah, got exactly. tusks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? Um, I think that's it. Nope. 
very well. Yeah, it, it, it's not a bad episode. It's got a lot going for it, but yeah. the, I think it's the basic plot we all had a problem yeah. with. This the, the the overall. Also, it, stop making out with each other. It's gross. Stop being <laughs> gross. Well. Again, you know, they didn't have Tumblr back then, but it was still basically the same kind of fan service. Like, oh man, this whole show is Tumblr bait. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There is a certain segment of people watching the show who have always wanted to see X and Y hook up, and now there's their chance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, Bob, I love your giant uh, butts hashtag here. (laughs) Oh yeah, you made the like 72 point... uh, I didn't mean to. I just put the hashtag in there, and it translated as "make this line huge." <laughs> oh. so. I'm like, Jesus! Did Nate write this? <laughs> I just left it. Yeah, that's that works. Uh, so my quote: I had a bunch of different uh, uh, candidates going through the yeah, episode, and then one happened, one. and is okay. It can't not be that. Yeah. So here's here's Quark giving O'Brien some advice. Feldor Joy, Chief. You look terrible. That's just a little headache, that's all. Here. Have a free pen. What for? To write down your problems on a renewal scroll. Isn't a scroll long enough for all my problems? Really? I thought you could sum them up with one word. Keiko. Yep. <laughs> that just, that just... Isn't Keiko really all of our problems? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Don't we all just want to write Keiko on a scroll and burn it? <laughs> yep. Don't we all just want to burn Keiko? <laughs> no. <laughs> she looked all right in that red dress. Eh. Great. Now I, nice. now, I, now I feel like um, Clint Cardoza. Yeah. Hey there, K.O. You looked really great <laughs> in your red dress. <laughs> You're really good at uh, delivering the weather. Really good at that botany. <laughs> All right, here's the usual end of the show stuff. You can contact us at postatomichorror at gmail. You can go to our website, postatomichorror.com. You can visit our Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Bob, now you can uh, plug your fun stuff. I've been doing a podcast. Yes, you have. podcast. You you guys both appeared on it. We did. Thank you for that. Um, It's the Optical Podcast. We're going mm -hmm. back through like the very first issues of Cinefax Magazine, which is uh, all about movie visual effects and things like that. And... uh, we're doing a monthly podcast, one episode per issue of the magazine, and it's a lot of fun. So you should listen. Go to opticalpodcast.com. And that's also on iTunes, right? Yes. Yeah. I have heard a number of people tell me that they've listened to and enjoyed your show, like like listeners of this oh, show. Nice. And while there's only sort of a of a, a slight you know connection in that you're you're sometimes dealing with you know uh, Star Trek and sci-fi type stuff. Sure. Uh, it's not like they're directly connected, but it still seems like there's a similar, like if you like Star Trek, you're probably also gonna like that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same kind of thing because you're probably that same kind of nerd that would be into <laughs> the same kind of stuff. Yep. So there's, a, there's there seems to be a lot of overlap and a lot of people who like our show like that show. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely check it out. Um, let's see, did I plug the Tumblr? Yes, the the episode guide is still available. Uh, go to the website and go to store. I think that's it, Matt. Before I plug more stuff, why don't you just say your thing? See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.